0: Well, let's get right into this. We're kind of going to catch up just a little bit because it's been a few weeks, and uh, with everything that's going on, so we're going to get back into where we were. And we've been examining this idea of who what it means to be in His image, and we've been primarily focused on the third question we have to answer, which is who is my enemy. We know who God is, we know who I am in a relationship to Him, and we're going to focus on that aspect of it here shortly. But we're trying to understand who my enemy is because we have to know who he is so we know who we're against. It's not flesh and blood. We have to get that through our heads. Like, if somebody, if you're offended by somebody, okay, what do you think you're offended by? What do you think keeps that offense going? I mean, if you've ever been, somebody said something that's hurt your feeling, and you think about how many times you replay that conversation in your mind time and time again, and you begin to get more and more bitter over time. what do you think that is? Why? Well, maybe maybe I don't think anybody admits somebody else is right and you're wrong. That's not how that works, especially you women. That's that's definitely not how y'all work. But but I mean, it's one of those things where you when you're in those moments, it's like when Jesus was in his own hometown, he says his prophet is not without honor in his own hometown. And he says that he was only able to lay hands on a few sick and heal them. What was the reason that he couldn't lay his hands on more people and heal them? It was because they were offended by him because he's the carpenter's boy what does he think he's doing standing up here talking who does he think he is they were offended when you get offended by somebody the enemy will prey on that you've got to understand how he's moving you see when we talk about sin and we talk about the things that we do sin is bad we know that God's good sin bad you know all that but the sin in and of itself is a a temptation by the enemy to, get to draw you away from God. Not to just make you in wrong standing with God, because that's not possible. You cannot be in right standing with God one minute and wrong standing with God the next. However, the fellowship aspect, the awareness aspect can absolutely be disintegrated. His goal isn't to simply get you to sin. It's to draw you away from God, away from His Word, away from the church. It's that slow drift that I've been talking about. I have watched this take place over 20 years of pastoring. It's amazing what happens when a fence sets in or something else. It doesn't even have to be a because I'm going to share some things with you guys over the next week or so that's going to show you exactly some of the deliberate things done by the enemy inside of the church. And most of you think, well, everybody who comes to the church surely has a joyful heart and is there for the right reason. I'm going to tell you that's not true. And I'm going to show you that scripturally. But understand this, it's this slow drift. When you get offended, whether rightfully or wrongfully, it can be either one. The enemy will use that. That's that open door that we have to deal with. So, understanding how he works in Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, Your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So we see exactly what happens, is that we see the separation from God that takes place. This, in in a new covenant aspect, you're not wrong with God. You are made righteous. You can't be made unrighteous. But however, you will be unfruitful. The enemy tried to draw Adam away from God, and he succeeded. He tried to draw Israel away from God, and he succeeded. He tried to draw Jesus away from God, and he did not succeed. But you see in the parable of the soils and the four different temptations that two of those groups, one of which was never born again, two of them never bring any fruit to maturity. Why? The temptations, the cares of this world, the riches, the pleasures of life. What are they seeking? What feels good in the moment? What are we taught in society? Go after what feels good. What is the mantra of the satanic church? Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Do what feels good. Chase your dreams. Go get a better job so you can make more money, so you can have more stuff. That is not of God. Just straight up. But we are doing this because it is around us all the time. All Balaam was trying to do, the false teachers, the false prophets, all the temptations by the enemy, is to get you off track from serving God. That's the primary thing. And then we kind of took a turn into some interesting stuff. In Leviticus 19, verse 31, it says, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Now, why did he say that? Why do you think he said that? Probably because they were giving regards to mediums and familiar spirits. And they were seeking after them. Probably. Because you don't have to tell your kids not to do something. I don't have to tell my six-year-old not to go drive my car. Because he doesn't go drive my car. You don't have to tell him to do Stop hitting your brother, because he's always hitting his brother, and his brother always deserves it, just so we're on the same page. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 1 it says Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying again You shall say to the children of Israel Whoever the children of Israel or of the strangers Who dwell in Israel who gives any of his descendants to Moloch He shall surely be put to death The people of the land shall stone him with stones I will set my face against that man And will cut him off from his people Because he has given some of his descendants to Moloch And to defile my sanctuary, profane my holy name And if the people of the land should in any way Hide their eyes from the man When he gives some of his descendants to Moloch And they do not kill him Then I will set my face against that man and against his family and i will cut him off from his people and all who prostitute themselves with him to commit harlotry to, with moloch and the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them i will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people now i've got this image i showed you guys this a few weeks ago but this is what moloch is moloch was a god that they were worshiping and they would sacrifice their children to him and he said do not do that number one and any person who does should be what they should be killed And if you don't kill them, what happens? You too are guilty because you've allowed it to go on. They are worshiping false gods. Now, this may sound crazy to you, but I'm telling you this is going on today. Are we sacrificing children today? Absolutely. It's called abortion. Abortion is a satanic ritual. You may not like to hear that, but it's the reality of it. Now, is your average witch that's out there sacrificing children? Probably not. Not in this country anyway. But I promise you, it happens. There's been evidence of it. They've caught people in the act of it. They also consume the life of the child. In other words, they eat the baby. Is that disgusting? Oh boy, aren't you glad you came to church today? It says, the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits, who prostitutes himself with them. There's a sexual component to this. I mean, this is is God warning the nation of Israel, do not do that. Why would you go to a medium... If the medium has no power, were they just stupid and that deceived? Or maybe there was something that was going on. Well, let's look at another one. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. It says, when you come into the land that which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. Anytime God uses the word abomination, that is bad. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, a soothsayer, one who interprets omens, a sorcerer, one who conjures spells, a medium, a spiritist, one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God, <coughs> excuse me, for these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Now, these people are people who contact the supernatural realm. They are, it's a condemnation of the professional fortune tellers. When they pass their children through the fire, it literally means they pass their children through the fire. They are burning them alive. Sorcery was using a portion, potions and figurines, and they would do curses. Omens were reading the entrails of the animal, primarily the liver, not liver and onions. You can eat that. That's okay. I don't know if you want to, but you can. Right, Mike? That's right. Okay. But you had witchcraft spells and curses, and they would be hired and put potions together. And you had all these uh, different mediums in the and the spiritists, and what they were trying to do is circumvent God for spiritual power, spiritual knowledge, looking for power of the spirits. Those who called up the dead, they were consulting the dead. Uh, necromancy is what this is called. There was ancestor worship that they would make offerings to the spirits of the dead for these people. This is occult practices that is going on back then. It was going on for all human history. It's still going on today. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is I want you guys to be aware of what is around us. Because I was talking to Chad a while back, Chad Gonzalez, who came in a year ago. And um, I have seen some of these things take place. If you ever go down to New Orleans, as an example, if you go on Bourbon Street, first of all, don't go on Bourbon Street. I learned my lesson. All right, when we were down there a couple of years ago, I thought Bourbon Street was only crazy during Mardi Gras. Turns out it's really crazy during Mardi Gras, but regular time of year, it's still crazy. I took my children with me down to Bourbon Street. Father of the Year award, I did not win that year, okay? We saw things you can't unsee. Just so you know, I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, what have I done? and we're walking by and there is a cult bookstore after a cult bookstore and there was lines out them buying their stones their crystals their books their potions fortune tellers going on it's everywhere voodoo dolls you think it's crazy you think these people are just playing around with something i'm telling you they're not These people believe this is real, and you wouldn't spend so much time and effort if you weren't getting something from it. See, the church is just told it it's like that's just nonsense, none of that's happening. I'm telling you, it's not nonsense. When Moses threw down his uh, staff and it turned into a snake, what did the priests do? The very same thing. And we're like, oh, that was just a, a magic trick. It was an illusion. Like, look over here, bring in the snakes. I don't know, that's not what it says. Many of us have have listened to that whole story about uh, Saul and the medium and where she calls up Samuel and we're like, well, that was just a demon. That's not what it says. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff that we've just dismissed and we're like, well, this isn't going on. Well, when I was talking to Chad, one of the things that he did that I found so fascinating is because when he was in Africa, Kenya specifically, when he was in Kenya, he was there and there when somebody needs healed like they're sick, do you know the first place they go? The witch doctors. They take them to the witch doctors because they get better results than the hospital. Isn't that interesting? In fact, the witch doctors believe that they can control the weather. They can make it rain. They can make it dry. They can do a lot of things. They're four higher. Why would people go to them? Probably because something's working. And there are many pastors that are now serving God and, and doing work over there that were former witch doctors, that will flat out tell you that the the things that they experienced and the things that they saw was very real. The items that they used were very real. There were supernatural things that were happening that were very real. They were not figments of their imagination. They were just things that God said to stay away from. God never once said this stuff doesn't work. He says don't play with it. And one of the things that was interesting that he found very fascinating is that when they were talking about it, he's like, I don't understand you folks in America because there's witchcraft all around you, and it's like you don't even care what's he talking about. He asked him to drill in. He said there's witchcraft in the church. There's people that wear, wear jewels and, and stuff like that. These are satanic things or emblems your music, your movies, and the reason they know it is because they've lived in a world where it is exemplified. But what world do we live in? It's down here. It's off in the corner. Those are just kind of fringe folks. We don't have to worry about them. But they see it all the time, so they recognize it. I'll give you an example of this. It was very fascinating. It was a former BYU professor, this woman, who was a a devout Mormon. And she'd gone over to uh, Europe somewhere. I cannot remember where she was. Um, But when she was going through one of the European museums she's seeing all of these Mormon symbols all through this museum and she's like wow that's fascinating I did not know that Mormonism had such a big part in the history of Europe and the guy's like what are you talking about it's like well that symbol there we have that in our temple and we wear that on our garb and they have their secret underwear and all this other stuff that they do we have all this she's like those are Masonic symbols she's like no those are Mormon symbols and the guy's like no Freemasonry is a big deal here Those are Masonic symbols And she's like what do you mean And it made her start looking into this And realizing that the roots of Mormonism Was through Freemasonry Which is occultism And it got her eyes open And she started to realize that she was playing with something She didn't even know about Gave her life to Christ and now is an advocate And going around speaking on this stuff But she recognized the symbols She just didn't know what they were At least in reality you see, that is what's happening around us today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse thirteen or verse 12, it says, But what I do, I will also continue to do, that and may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false prophets, apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light." Now, an angel of light would be what we presume a good thing, correct? So he's able to transform himself and make himself appear to be good. Now, I want you to think about that. I'm going to show you three examples here, okay? The first one is this guy right here. You guys recognize him? Danny Tanner, America's dad. At the end of every, every episode, what did they do? They hugged it out. Mikey, to fit in perfect with that family. They hugged it out. And he was a super nice guy, and everybody loved him. And when you saw him, I mean, this is what he's known for—not just that, but I mean, obviously, America's Funniest Home Videos and a, a few other things. But frankly, his acting career is summed up in one TV show: he's Danny Tanner. Everybody loves it. He's a nice guy; will do anything for everybody. Clean-cut, all-American. Right? We're talking the '80s and the in the '90s. But when the show canceled, I don't know if you followed his career at all. But he started doing a lot more stand-up, and if you ever listen to it, it is foul, foul, foul. The language and the things he talks about. That's not Danny Tanner. Now, I'm not sitting there saying anything about Bob Saget because I don't honestly know where he was. We know he, he died a few years ago. I can't remember if he took his life or what the deal was, but he died a few years ago. But what I'm saying is he's perceived one way, but in reality, he's another. His true colors came out as soon as Danny Tanner was no longer in existence now here's another one let me show you this here you have Miley Cyrus now that's Hannah Montana on the right now if you know anything about Miley Cyrus that girl has lost her ever loving mind I mean she is she is not somebody that you would want your children emulating in any way because you start off here and she's this sweet little girl and it was a Disney show that everybody loved and they fall in love with her and what do you think happens when they fall in love with her as a child what do they tend to do Still love her as an adult. Oh, but she's no longer that sweet, innocent little girl that she once was. Well, what happens? What should happen? We no longer follow her, but what does happen most of the time? They continue to because they so much love and cherish and adore her for what she was, not what she is. See, so it's the same thing. We talk about this in the dom- denominations. Like, we've got a lot of denominations that started off incredible, you know. The Methodist Church with John Wesley was essentially a charismatic church. I mean, they loved God, and he served the Lord. But the United Methodist Church today is unrecognizable from that. And what should happen when a denomination loses its roots and gets away from the Word of God? Cut it off. But what happens most of the time? Nothing. We just kind of go along with it. See, we get too caught up in this. Let me show you one more. Here is Taylor Swift when she was young. Now, when she started off... She would talk about God and she would talk about some of these others. She had some really good songs when she was young. Clean songs, what I'm talking about. And as I showed you guys a few weeks ago, like some of the lyrics and some of the things that are going on now are not good. And yet here we have her. And then if you look at this, this is from her karma video. Now, this is a shot out of that, that scene. You can see this is obviously an implication of hell. And there she is wearing a demon mask, and then she reveals herself. Is she still clean-cut all American girl? No. Now, you may be thinking, well, this is just artistic and they're just showing themselves and all of that. Well, just like a lot of these people i showing you in the min- music industry seems to have a tie to some form of occultism or witchcraft. And like, But it's just music or it's just movies or it's just books or comic books or whatever. Okay, that may be true. If you listen to Taylor Swift, are you going to be demon-possessed automatically? Yes, of course you are. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What I'm saying is, is that if, if you knew you had a practicing witch in your neighborhood, would you invite her to come in and, and influence your child? I hope not. I really hope not. See, that's the thing. This is what's happening. You fall in love with them, and then they change. And I could show you many, 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 many more examples of this. Where somebody seems to just change on a dime. Well, what happens? Well, we talked about that whole selling your soul to the devil aspect, which isn't just hyperbole. There's something to that, because I gave you example after example after example. So today, instead of music, we're going to talk about kind of the entertainment industry, the movies and TV shows. I want to show you guys a few things, and the first one I want to show you is a guy named Tyrese Gibson. And I'm going to show you guys some video clips. I'm going to go through this somewhat quickly, just so you can see it. But Tyrese Gibson, if you guys know, he's from the Fast and Furious series. Like I think they're on movie three hundred and forty-six now, Fast and Furious. I've lost track. I know Derek, uh, who's they're down in Texas today, but they uh, he tried one Saturday to watch all of the movies. Okay, and I don't know why. He needs prayer. Just pray for that man. But. The thing is, is, this is what he was known for. He's, apparently he's a, a rapper or something. Well, he's given his life to Christ somewhere in there. And just because somebody says that doesn't mean anything. I hope you guys understand that. Just at an award show because somebody says, oh, I want to thank God. Well, what God are they referencing? We always assume this, but that is not the case necessarily. But look what he has to say about the, the uh, entertainment industry. Go ahead.
1: God will send you all of the desires of your heart. And that that is something that i want everybody who can hear this interview to know as much as i'm supposed to be promoting this movie and talking about my album i just feel like we're in competition right now because they are trying to normalize the devil they are trying to populate the devil is is on the main stage at award shows and in every video and signs and symbols and i said you know what we need to stop treating our relationship with jesus like the little buddy that you talk to before you go to bed at night and not be more vocal about all the things that God means to us and all of the things that God has brought us through because there's been a lot of moments that you didn't post about Mm -hmm. but yet you know how did God decide to get me through this yeah man and yeah they going above and beyond to promote the devil
0: now again I don't know anything about this man's personal life. I really do. I I do not watch Fast and Furious and have no intention of ever starting. But what I'm showing you is this is coming from his mouth of the industry that he is in. And it's certainly what we see because they are going above and beyond to promote the devil. It is at the award show. They're normalizing it. It's the quiet part getting louder. It's becoming more and more prominent in our culture, and we're whitewashing it away. For years, we ignored it, and it was done kind of in the shadows, and we pretended it didn't exist. Now they're talking about it, and we're still okay with it. We're like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a movie. It's just a song. Is it? That's the question we have to ask ourselves, and so I want to show you this. This is a new show that's out on Disney Plus called Pauline, okay? I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you have Disney Plus. Maybe you don't, Uh, but it, this is an 18-year-old girl. She accidentally becomes pregnant from a one-night stand with somebody named Lucas, who it turns out to be Satan himself. This is a cartoon. I believe this is one of the characters from, like, Donkey Kong or something. Now, this is just one example, okay? But I'm just showing you this. Now, I, and I'll, guys, honestly, I could spend weeks music movies it's it's so out there you have to learn to recognize the sign you have to learn what's going on behind the scenes but this is one example now how many kids do you think watch disney plus and when they're going through they see a cartoon how many kids do you think will be influenced by this i mean just think about that how many of you guys actually police every single thing that your children watch it's hard because if they have one of these it's tough they get on stuff, they hear stuff, they're doing stuff You may not even know about And they may not mean anything bad by it But oh, it's no big deal, mom and dad Just It's just, it's just a song, it's just a movie Maybe, maybe not But well, let's look at another one This is Megan Fox, okay You guys probably know she was in the Transformers movie She's in a lot of movies And I've got three different videos I want to show you from her, okay So just bear with me here for a second I want, you to see, I want you to hear from her mouth Now she claimed to be a Christian She grew up in a Christian home she claimed to speak in tongues, okay? So if that's true, that's not just somebody who would just casually go to church making those types of claims. She would talk about it in various interviews I've seen through the years where she would talk about how she would do it before she'd go and, and, and record a movie or do whatever, whatever the terminology is. But, but here's the first one I want to show you. Go ahead. You have claimed that you are a bit... Psychic, you think you're a bit psychic, is that true? Or you have a I little mean, bit of a psychic abilities?
2: So there's like a, there's a history in my family. I had a, a great grandmother who was blind, but could see spirits. And so I have stuff in, that fam- in my family of either, it's legitimate or people think that we are psychic. I think everyone has some sort of psychic ability. It's just about the brain being uh, open and you're using your brain more than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not like, people always ask me to come on and do readings and stuff like that and I'm not a professional. Right, but I think it's fair to
3: say, I think you can say you feel like you have some spiritual connection to what's happening around you. And you believe in astrology. You believe that astrology can tell you about people. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't live my life by it, but I do think that it has its merits, just like neuroscience and uh, astronomy and all sorts of things. So I do check on people usually, I do their charts if I'm gonna be working with them for long periods of time.
3: So if you're gonna work with someone like a director or something like that, you ask them. Yes, when, definitely. What, what's your astrological sign? No, what...
2: no, no, it's so much more complicated. And I ask for a birth time, birthplace. place. Um, I need the specifics, but I also go, I study a lot like the Myers-Briggs psychology uh, tests right. and the Enneagram tests, the psychological types. And so I tend to try and learn who people are by asking really uncomfortable questions like, when I first meet someone, I might ask them, "Were you breastfed as a child?" Okay, it's one of the first things I ask. Okay. So, <laughs> okay,
0: I stopped it there because it goes weird. Um, but you notice what she said? Like she she believes that she has psychic powers, that her grandmother has seen spirits. All of that's possible. Again, we've dismissed it as like, "Oh, this is just nonsense," and they're just talking. It's entirely possible. If you look at Scripture, you take off the filter, you read it for what it is, you can see that it's entirely possible you guys may remember there was a time where horoscopes were in the newspaper every day or week or whatever and you have people and still to this day in fact it's becoming prominent again oh I'm a Pisces I'm a Sagittarius I'm a I don't know I forget all of them Leo sure whatever I mean they're doing all of this stuff and it's like okay but do you know what you're implying do you know what you're dabbling with like we've always just said oh I just kind of read it because I'm curious well What if it has some effect on you? Like, you don't know. The Bible didn't say it wouldn't have an effect. It said, don't mess with it. If we're going off of what Scripture said, should we be messing with this at all? Absolutely not. You can get an email every day, your daily horoscope, okay? Are they pulling this stuff out of thin air? Probably. It's probably the equivalent of a fortune cookie. But God said, don't mess with it. Why? Maybe it's not that thing, but maybe it's the next. And she goes on to talk about a lot of other things, but... It gets weirder. So this is a much, that was a much older interview. Here's a more recent one. This is her and her husband-to-be, go ahead. I was like, whatever you say, daddy, whatever daddy says.
3: Megan Fox is not shy about her passion for fiance Machine Gun Kelly, which the pair apparently express with blood drinking ceremonies. Yeah, like vampires.
2: I think it's wonderful.
3: The 35 year old actress makes the confession in Glamour UK's new digital issue. She says she and MGK have different approaches to the ritual. Quote, when I do it, it's a passage or it is used for a reason. It is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. As for the rocker, Megan says he is quote, much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul.
4: I haven't done anything like that.
3: This isn't the first time the couple has been open about using blood to celebrate their love. When the two got engaged earlier this year, Megan shared on Instagram that the proposal ended only after we drank each other's blood.
2: You have to be selfless. You have to always prioritize loving the other person where
4: they are, as they are, who they are in this moment.
3: As for if blood will come into play on the pair's wedding day, that's TBD. But at the time of their engagement, a source told ET that Megan and MGK are over the moon and more in love with each other than ever before. Quote, they know that they are each other's soulmates, so they want to get married sooner than later.
0: And again, I stopped it just for time's sake, just to keep moving. But, I mean, any questions? Have you ever been with your wife and she's making supper and she accidentally cuts her finger and you're like, ooh, that looks delicious. No, right? They're into some weird stuff. Now, they may be married by now. They may have broke up. I don't have any idea. I don't even know who Machine Gun Kelly is, so I know nothing about him. But what I'm telling you guys is they're talking about this. Was that being denigrated at all? Was, was E.T. Center like, okay, this is weird? No, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, just, it's just normal. Well, I got one more I want to show you with her, and I'm, I'm using her as an example just because she was the easiest to find different, different things, but I've got a few others, but I want you to watch a ritual that is now becoming very, very mainstream. It's called ayahuasca. Now, you may or may not have heard about it, but it's something that people are doing. They're going to other uh, countries to do it. Uh, it's getting Joe Rogan's talked about it. There's been several... Prominent people have talked about this ritual that they're doing so here's her talking about
4: it. We went, to, we went to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca like in a proper setting like with indigenous people and we were in the middle of the jungle and I was thinking because the place we went there's a lot of people like I don't know if Lebron James has ever gone but it's like a place where like they're like these kinds of people go here to do ayahuasca so I was thinking it was like glamping or something like that still going to be like a some kind of five-star experience and you get there. and. You really are in the middle of the jungle, and you don't get to eat after, like, 1 p.m. You have to walk a very far distance to get your water. You can't shower because they're in a drought, so you can't use the water, obviously. Like, you need to respect the rainforest. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing glamorous about it. It's all a part of sort of making you vulnerable so that you surrender to the experience. And the entire thing starts with something called vomitivo. I hope I'm allowed to divulge this, that it's okay that I share, but I... I'm encouraging it. Um, so you go, and we were with 20 other strangers, and you all line up at, like, the, the edge of the rainforest over this weird fence. And you go three by three, and you drink lemongrass tea until you, like, by n- not your own volition, just vomit everything out of your body. So you So start, you have to
1: vomit? There's no way around that You can't
4: that get part. out of it. And you have to vomit a certain amount before they let you get back with everybody. So you're, like, cheering on everyone as they, like, grow up. and as, like what we do obviously we were like "Um, I don't don't know I'm not am I ready to just like throw up in front of all of these people but it's such a good bonding experience and I know it sounds crazy but but that gets you ready to then go into the ceremony that night because you're like I my vanity is gone I've just done this in front of all of these strangers and like now I'm ready to like really open up so we did it for three nights it was incredibly intense I went to Everybody's journey is different. The second night, I went to, to hell for eternity, um, yeah. And to, just knowing eternity is um, like t- torture in itself because there is no beginning, middle, or end. So you have like a real ego death.
1: Wait, wait, um, now, now, how do you arrive and understand that that's what the moment is? Because... Is there a sign, next exit hell? Is it, I
4: i mean it's I, I was it's your own psychological hell basically is the point of the medicine right This is a medicine that goes it surpasses like anything you could do with talk therapy or like hypnotherapy or any of those things it just goes straight into your soul and it takes you to the psychological prison that you hold yourself in so it's it's your own version of hell and I was definitely there wow
1: it, 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 it's crazy to have
4: that experience. We, we went to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca like in a proper setting, like with indigenous and people. And, so
1: and we were in the middle off.
4: of the jungle. And I was thinking because the place we, we went.
0: There we go. Yeah. Weird, right? Other people have talked about this, talking about seeing spirit guides and seeing different things. And that would essentially be demonic in some capacity but talking about these, these things and they would attach themselves to the lives it's becoming very very mainstream and it's interesting that this now being talked about in the media this is a ritual that is done she talked about the Enneagram and some of those and I showed you guys a few weeks ago how that's ironically very similar to Metatron's cube Metatron is one of the high fallen angels in the book of Enoch like there's all of these things that are coming out so there's, this is just one example of showing you what's out there now how do you think that this influences her life and her movies and her roles. It's not just the entertainment itself, although it can be influenced in there. You can certainly see evidence of it in certain movies and certain things because there's symbols all around. However, if your child were to watch Transformers, as an example, and you're like, wow, Megan Fox, what a great actress and stuff, and you begin to follow her and you start seeing this stuff, they're like, oh, well, if she does it, I want to do it. Don't think that doesn't influence you because they would not hire athletes and movie stars and all of this to promote products if it didn't work. They pay them a ton of money to do that very thing. So the lifestyle gets promoted when you celebrate the individual doing it. So if I were to say, hey, Megan Fox wants to swing by, yeah, she's a great actress, but she's into all this really weird stuff, and she drinks the blood of her husband or future husband or past, I don't even know what they are, um, and she does this as a part of a ritual, and she wants to come by and talk to your daughters. You cool with that? I hope not. This is what's happening. We're, this is what the Kenyan pastors were talking about. You guys are inviting this into your home, and you don't even know it. Like, I can't believe you put up with that. Well, let me give you another example. This is, this is from uh, Audrey Plaza. How many of you guys know her? How many of you guys have ever seen the show Parks and Rec? It was a hilarious show. Man. And she was one of the main actresses in it. And, and I mean, she, she was great in that role. Um... And the thing is, is that she's kind of got a dark side to her. She's into some interesting things. But I've got an interview here that she did um, with, uh, it was the LA Weekly, Los Angeles Weekly. I've got to put it up here. It says, who is the real Aubrey Plaza? And so I'm going uh, to just read this to you here. But this is one of the things she was talking about from her childhood in this interview. And it's called Along Cold House Road Road. Deep in the forest of the Delaware-Pennsylvania border, the skeletal trees lining the pavement angle outward, away from the road and their sun source. Through an overgrown path, there is a burned-out abandoned cabin, which is said to have have hosted satanic rituals, pagan animal sacrifice, or DuPont incest, weddings, depending on whom you ask. Something about this place seems wrong, even if you can't put your finger on exactly why. This is where M. Night Shyamalan shot the village. It's also where Aubrey Plaza's mother, Bernadette, would drive her late at night on impromptu road trips with her cousins. We'd drive down Cold House Road, and she'd turn the lights off, and we'd all be screaming. My mom is kind of mysterious. She would always do weird things with us, Plaza said, taking a moment to think. Maybe that's why I'm into witches, okay? Now, we have no idea about her mom, or was she, like, intentionally, was her mom into this witchcraft, or was she just trying to have fun with her kids? Who knows, but you can certainly see the influence on her. Maybe this is why I'm into witches. Now, these places, what I'm saying is it was believed to have had these things happen. Those things happen. There are places. I told you about Independence, Kansas. This time of year, they're going to have a big celebration called Neowalla, which is Halloween spelled backwards. It is the time where there are people from all over the country come in, and they will do witchcraft in that area, witches and stuff like that, down in Independence. Independence is a cute little town, less than 10,000 people. And from all over the world, they will come in, and they will go through the woods, and they will find sacrificed animals. They will find demonic symbols. I use pentagram because everybody knows what a pentagram is, but there's tons of them. They'll see them carved in trees. They'll see blood sacrifices that were done. They'll see things spelled out on old abandoned buildings uh, in blood. Like, this stuff really happens, just so you know. This is the real world. Well, look at this next part here. At the end of our interview, she gives me a hug. She's been candid and forthright with me in this uh, brutalist hotel room for an hour and a half, and I'm surprised by how normal it all seemed. An hour later, I'm at home listening to my recording of our conversation, and when I hear myself leave Plaza's hotel uh, room momentarily, I left the recorder on while I was gone. Before I can speed through what I expected to be ambient sounds of shuffling, I hear a demonic voice growl coming from the recorder. Satan, 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 Satan. It yelled. It was Plaza pulling another trick. Then I hear her deadpan voice emerge from the recorder again. Hello? Hello? Huh? How, wow, that was weird. Yes, Aubrey, yes it was. Now what was going on there? We don't know. Could she simply be messing with this, this, this interviewer? It's possible, right? Like don't just assume that everything is a demon and all of that. But it's also possible that's exactly what it was. We don't know, but again, interesting. So let me show you another one. Tom Brady, the GOAT, greatest quarterback of all time, right? Now you know... There's something messed up with this guy because he played for Michigan. So there's something wrong here. But this is an interview about his wife, and I want you guys to see this.
5: Any any superstitions going into the game? Any special thing you carried into the game on Sunday that you had ducked away somewhere? Uh, uh, I did. (laughs) I always, um, you know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years. She's so about the power of intention, you know, and believing things that are really going to happen. And she always makes a little altar for me at the game, because she, she just wills it so much. And uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones, and she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes, and I say all these mantras. And I stopped it, questioning her a it long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listened. And at first, I was like, this is kind of crazy. And then about four years ago, we were playing the Seahawks. And she said, you better listen to me. This is your year. But this is all the things you're going to have to do to win. And I did all those things. And by God, you don't work. It was pretty good. <laughs> and then in 2015, it was about early January. And she said, you know how much I love you? And I said, yeah. And she said, I just want to let you know this is not going to be your year. Oh. And of course, we lost. I said, what does 16 look like? (laughs) And she said, 16 is going to be your year. (laughs) So it was early January this year. And I said, babe, I'm asking, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work. And you're really going to have to listen to me. (laughs) So man, I listened to her. And right after the game, she said, see, I did (laughs) a lot of work. You do your work, I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, what was the work she was doing? It was all these spells and incantations, and that's what the altars were set up and all of that. He was married to a, what they call a white witch, okay, because they believe they're a good witch. There is no such thing. I don't care what the Wizard of Oz says. There's no such thing as a good witch. So I know, again, we're seeing this, but I'm showing you guys how this is in the forefront. Now, how many of you guys have seen that interview before? nobody you wow okay that's crazy i mean it is tom brady and y'all are chiefs fans probably so i guess i understand but but i mean it amazes me when i see these things time and time again when this stuff comes to the forefront now i told you guys that i you know given how i was brought up and some of the things i was into as a kid i recognized some of this stuff pretty early on now it's changed a lot but i recognize some of it well let me give you another example here uh robin williams okay Now, he committed suicide a few years ago, Um, and I mean, he was a beloved character, right? He was in a lot of great movies. Uh, Hook, Patch Adams, what else, what? Mrs. Doubtfire? I mean, you can't go wrong, right? It was just in a lot of great movies, but look at what he said. Uh, as he was talking about getting ready and he was going on stage. This is an interview he did in U.S. Weekly. This is from 1999. He says, yeah, literally it's like possession. All of a sudden you're in, and because it's in front of a live audience, you just get this energy, and that just starts going. Now, I'm going to pause there for a moment. What he's talking about is could be, when you go in front of a large audience in a stage for the first time, and you're a performer of something, not necessarily a preacher, but a performer. And I played on some big stages as a musician back when I played the drums and stuff like that. And there is this excitement, this, this adrenaline rush. It could be he was referring to that. He's like, all of a sudden, you're in front of this live audience, and it's just on, because they're excited, and there's energy in the room. Could be. But then he goes on. He said, but there's also that thing. It is possession. In the old days, you'd be burned for it. In a medieval judge's voice, you must now die, strap him up, come forth. he is no longer one of us. But there is something empowering about it. I mean, it is a place where you are totally, it is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where you really uh, can become this other force. Maybe that's why I don't need to play evil characters in movies, because sometimes on stage you can cross that line and come back. Okay? So what's he referring to? What we would call some form of possession. The same thing that I told you guys a few weeks ago with Beyonce and some of the other ones, and how there just seems to be something, you know, Sasha Fierce for her, but there are others ones. Those are just a small sampling of examples. But this stuff is around us all the time. Well, let me show you something else. This is called liquid death. How many of you guys have seen this out for sale? Apparently it's water. Okay? You go into Casey's and stuff like that. Now, they have a marketing program that they are using, and they are making some claims in that. Now, I'm going to preface this. This could either be clever marketing, because it seems that when you market going against the status quo, your sales could increase. Okay, So I'm going to say that up front. I've got a couple things here to show you. Go ahead with the first one.
3: I'm a witch that has been practicing for 42 years. Through the means of witchcraft, I can
1: affect the outcome of the game.
2: I believe the odds are in my favor that I can have an effect on the game.
1: Witchcraft has been here since the beginning of time because it works.
0: Now, is that just advertising? I will tell you this, those things you saw in there are some of the things that are done in actual rituals. I was very short, but I recognized some of the, the vestiges. I recognized some of the symbolism, the rings that he had on his fingers. I recognized some of the symbols on that. Like, there are things that are being done. But is this just clever marketing? Maybe. But what if they're telling the truth? What if we're refusing to see? just take it at face value? And we're just looking at it like, oh, it's no big deal. It's a can of water. Well, here's another uh, uh, video for you.
3: Have you ever heard of a real witch summoning demons and trapping them inside cans of water? Inside this very warehouse sits the entire inventory of liquid death mountain water. Each can is about to be infused with real demons by a real witch.
2: A lot of what I practice can be considered traditional witchcraft.
3: What you're about to witness is very real, very dangerous, and in my opinion, a terrible idea.
2: We enter into the dark half of the year. Now is the time of the dead. I ask you spirits, those who are listening, I invite you here. I offer this water as a vessel for you to come into this world when the cans are opened you are released I welcome you now is the time of the dead
3: demon-infused liquid death if you drink it will you become possessed
0: Is it just marketing? I don't know. Well, we will never know. What I know is I don't need liquid death in my life. And I don't need any of these actors in my life. And I don't need Taylor Swift or, or, or uh, Miley Cyrus or any. I don't need those people in my life. But what I'm saying is like they are putting this out there. And they are selling tons of it. Now, is it possible to drink a can of water and invite a demon into your life? I have no idea. I would have told you that in Genesis 6 where, you know, angels took on the form of men and took wives and they got married and they made giant babies, that wasn't possible either. I'll tell you another thing that's not possible. Virgin births, floating axe heads, talking to, that's not possible and yet we see that stuff happen so I just am going to avoid that at all costs. I got two more that I want to show you and I'm going to get you guys out of here. Uh, This is from Vanessa Hudgens, you guys know her? She was on. Oh my goodness, what was that? Yeah, the High School Musical. That was called. Yeah, there you are. Okay, well, I'm about to ruin your day, so You know. Um, but but uh, that's where she, I think, became really popular. She was a Disney character and some. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you want to come up here and just tell all about Vanessa? Are you president of her fan club? Okay, good, because you're about to resign. So, um, but uh, again, this is her talking about. There's this new documentary that she's doing. Um, she's been saying for years she's been somewhat of a ghost hunter going around and doing different things But watch what she says and watch how the interviewer just kind of talks about this in a positive light. Go ahead
4: We are here together as one
0: Do you feel like you're coming out as a witch?
4: Maybe. I mean,
6: yes. Yeah. It's been such a journey and I kind of had an awakening and had so many questions and was so curious. I was very much on this idea of like a spiritual brigade. And I kind of wanted to figure out who they were specifically so Mm. I can be more intimate with them. Um, And I definitely got that. I always take a moment to connect to spirit Mm. and the easiest to me is my spiritual brigade, because uh-huh. um, they're always there with you. It's just like a really empowering, grounding, protective thing to be able to do consciously. Okay, let's go. bad boy out? Is anyone here that wants to speak to us?
4: <gasps> there it is. Come here, come here, come here, come here. It's sorta like Vanessa sees dead people connecting with the supernatural. In the 98-minute documentary, Dead Hot Season of the Witch, streaming on Tubi, the former High School Musical star travels with her bestie, musician Gigi McGree, to Salem, Massachusetts, to find out all about the paranormal. I feel like some people are gonna say, this film's a bit practical magic meets ghost hunters. How would you describe this journey? I always
6: say that the only way to heal ancestral trauma is to shine a light on it Uh Um, and witchcraft has been painted as this demonic thing through film for years and I want to like take away some of that taboo and like show you what (laughs) practical magic looks like Uh um, and hopefully like inspire someone out there to like practice or feel seen or um you know, like open their eyes up a bit more because there's so much, so much.
4: From start to end of this film is manifestation. What do you feel like you've manifested in your own life?
6: I'm like my relationship, my home, my career, like, there there's
4: there's so much as long yeah. as you're
6: really specific. Yeah. It might not always come when you expect it or want it, but it's always going to come back in some way.
4: I mean, there is a lot of truth in manifesting. So you manifested
6: your relationship with Cole? I mean, I I definitely was like these are the things I'm looking
4: for and he showed up. He is checking those boxes. Congratulations mm, on thank the engagement, you. by <laughs> thank the way. You. Are you in the thick of wedding planning right now?
6: You know, it's it's a it's, it's, it's a lot more than I expected it to be. Funny, I I'm I'm still the, the very beginning,
4: the very basics.
6: I'm getting married, that's all, that's all that matters. I, I am guest of a ghost,
4: that's yes. me. Vanessa gave me an exclusive tour around the special Haunted Mansion experience in New York, complete with tarot cards and magic potions. Her next act, conjuring up a return to this fan favorite franchise.
1: Bad boys, bad boys, what, what you gonna do?
4: You've got Bad Boys 4, the fourth installation of the franchise coming out. So, where's Miss Kelly fitting into the mix with fighting and crime and taking down the bad guys with Martin and Will?
6: <laughs> you know, she's always ready to roll with them. Um, things definitely take an unexpected turn in this one, but yeah. guaranteed a lot of laughs and a lot of action.
4: Have you already finished production
6: on it? No, I actually am going to Atlanta tomorrow to uh, no start filming. There's such an iconic duo, and it's so much fun. Like, even being in the room with them when we're rehearsing, and they're saying their lines, because it's just they got a chemistry that is undying. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful to be a part of.
0: Mike! So So they're, they're painting this in a positive light. I, I, that's what I want you guys to really see. First of all, they're admitting to it. Secondly, they're painting it in a positive light, that Satan appears as an angel of light. That's, that's the thing that we've got to recognize, and, and the whole manifesting thing, that's a whole another. I mean, that would be another subject for another day, because it's very new age and all this other kind of stuff. This stuff is out there, y'all. We have to be conscious. Let me show you two more real quick, okay? Robert Downey Jr., okay? Iron Man. I I liked him from Iron Man. I don't know what you liked him from, but he's been in a lot of movies. But there was a a book that was written called Pernurabo, The Life of Aleister Crowley. Remember, I told you about Aleister Crowley. And this guy interviewed people who were following Aleister Crowley. And this is what he talked about when uh, uh, Robert uh, was getting ready for these different roles. He said it was a combination of ceremonial magic and compulsive rehearsal of every possible uh, deliverer of his lines. He was in there, and he was doing this magic. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, it says it was madness, but also the most positively reinforced ritual I've ever performed. If Alistair Crowley had a younger brother, it was that type of stuff. I had to clean that up a little bit. So he was saying that what I'm doing is, is like if Alistair Crowley was, had a little brother, I was them. In Rolling Stones magazine, he says he was doing artistic uh, flexibility exercises augmented by ceremonial white magic. So he did some astral plane conjuring. Before his Iron Man screen test, he built, for real, from physical materials, an altar to the possibility of self out of the some intu- intuitively gathered objects that included a picture of the superhero, and it gets spooky here, a sunstone wand, which is an occultic thing. Now, you see who he's building. This is the manifesting thing. They believe that if you think it, you can be it. You hear this all over time, all over the place today. I mean, I've seen Steve Harvey talk about it. I've seen all sorts of guys that have talked about this, that you can just kind of will the universe into the direction that you want it to go. And so this is interesting, but there's another guy that you probably are not familiar with. His name is Grant Morrison. He's one of the most popular comic writers of the day. Now, comic books have a long history of witchcraft and occult. And not all of them. Okay, but along history at some point there's the comics code. You would have seen it on the top right corner of it because they'd agreed to stop making them so bad. Because initially when they were right, they were like bile. Talking about uh, decapitation of men, uh, sexual abuse of women, all of these things in them. And Congress got involved, as Congress always does and solves all of our problems, and said, no, we, they are, like, they're moving society to a bad place, and so they created this comics code, and they cleaned everything up to a degree over time it got worse and worse and worse and then in the early 2000s they've just kind of abandoned the entire thing and comic books are again what they once were because society now accepted it took a long time to get there but society now accepts it but this Grant Morrison uh, is one of the top comic writers of the day he's writing current superhero type things still in the same thing as uh, uh, Superman Batman guys like that but he's a promoter of Crowley's magic And he promotes the young fans, and he encourages them to summon demons. There was a book that he wrote called Pop Magic, okay? And it was called the sigil. uh, One of the things in here says the sigil takes a magical desire or intent. Let's say it is my desire to be a great actor. So you pick a traditional god or a demon from a book on magic. You pick a demon from one of the medieval grimoires and hope you're strong enough to handle the intense negative feelings demons embody. Call fervently upon Hermes. He's given it as an example. Now, Hermes is one of the gods. Okay, uh, it is the god of which Flash was derived from, the character Flash. Luxuriate in his attributes Drink coffee or Red Bull in his name Or take a line of speed depending on your levels of drug abuse Fill your head with speedy images Of jet planes, jet cars and bullet trains Play Ray of Light by Madonna and call down Hermes Surround yourself with Flash comics And call down Hermes Tell him how very wonderful he is in your own words And then call him into yourself The arrival of the God will be unmistakable And you should experience a sense of presence Or even mild possession (laughs) Mild possession not regular possession. I mean, this is out in the open. And what did Robert Downey Jr. did? He basically took a page out of this to become Iron Man. This is what he did. Now, you may be thinking, okay, but it's just a movie. It's just a book. Is it? That's the thing. It's not to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. You get to decide that. That's between you and God. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, don't ever go to a movie. Don't ever watch a TV show. Don't ever read a book. Don't ever listen to music. I'm not going to tell you any of that. You get to decide that. But you need to make a conscious choice. You need to be aware of what's out there, and you need to be looking for it. Because are there good music artists out there? Yes. Are there good actors out there? Yes. But we need to be aware. And I'll tell you this, on music, just because they claim Christian music does not mean anything. We have to be aware. I don't have time to go into all of that. But let me read you 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Why do you think that's possible? In louder times? Maybe because we are surrounded with it and we were unaware. It has been influencing us for years and years. It's influenced the church. There are things that are being practiced in the church today that are a page right out of the occult and they don't even recognize it. The reason is there's two reasons. Number one, we are an intense chase after the supernatural. Humanity is. Okay? They have a negative supernatural. We have a positive supernatural the other part is is because we don't see a strong supernatural vibe we start looking for ways that we can mold a system that works better and is more efficient inside of the church trying to do things so I know like I'm sure somebody's day has just been ruined I'm so sorry Vanessa Hudgens you'll never watch high school musical again I think that's a good thing actually but um, but what I'm saying is guys I mean we could do this on on so many people we just need to be aware. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're opening our eyes to see what the real world's actually like, knowing that none of this can influence if we don't let us. But Lord, I thank you that you are opening our eyes so that we can see the world around us, so that we can take a stand, so that we can be different, that we can stand out, to be separated, to be holy because you are holy. And not just go with societal norms, Lord, but to separate ourselves from that and stand on your word. Lord, I thank you for open doors of opportunity to share the gospel. And I thank you that we will walk through those, that we can see lives transformed in your name. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday.